Well, welcome back to the Not Safe for Sunday School podcast. I am sitting down with my wife and best friend, Sandy. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is a very special Valentine's Day episode. Mm-hmm. And so, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for inviting me yeah. to the podcast. Yeah. It is actually the 4th of February today, but (laughs) this will be posted on Valentine's Day. And so we are uh, getting the festivities started a little early. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, festivities is maybe a bit uh, generous of a word uh, because we have a really interesting topic that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be talking about the book of Song of Solomon in some mm-hmm. translations, it's called the Song of Songs, mm-hmm. uh, which basically just means like the ultimate song or the ultimate poem. Oh, that's what that means. Yeah. Like the greatest <laughs> of all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like the song of all songs. But like yeah. when we look at uh, Hebrew literature, songs and poetry kind of go hand in hand. And so it's like mm-hmm. the poem of all poems uh, in, <laughs> in today's uh, just like secular sort of uh language it's kind of the bible version of shakespeare Mm -hmm. it's a little bit confusing Mm -hmm. and kind of hard to understand also uh it here's a good way to put it imagine if uh did you read romeo and juliet in high school or some other shakespeare yeah yeah just a little bit i don't remember it very well no that's that's fine uh but imagine the the complexity of that Mm -hmm. right yeah and then take out all the names Okay. Um, imagine trying to figure out what's going on in Romeo and Juliet <laughs> if there's no names there's in the no story. There's no way. It's already hard enough right. with the names. Right. It's not like American writing, American right. 21st century right. writing. This is ancient Hebrew writing. And it's very, conf- it's not like super theologically deep or anything. It doesn't mm-hmm. mention God. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mention Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, a lot of commentaries that I looked into and a lot of the resources that I found from different churches, their explanation of of why this is in the Bible is because this is to show the relationship between God and his people. What? (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The idea is in passages of the the gospel, Jesus refers to the church as his bride. And Jesus uses the metaphor of of marriage a lot to represent God and Israel, um, Jesus and the church. We see it in uh, in the book of Hosea. Uh, This Mm. guy Hosea is tasked with marrying a prostitute Mm. uh, and raising children that aren't his. And it's this really heartbreaking story about this guy who's really faithful and this woman who's very unfaithful to demonstrate how God is very faithful to us and we uh, have been unfaithful. And so that's, that's the idea that leads to this being a metaphor. However, I don't think that that's present here. Uh, and just reading through it, there's really nothing that gives me any sort of spiritual inclination of a metaphor for God and his mm-hmm. people. Yeah, I don't, I mean, me, and I'll, I'll admit, I'm not a pastor. I, I don't, I am sure, <laughs> like, I, I don't have any credentials here. But just from reading through, I don't see how there's a connection. <laughs> I don't see how there's a connection. And even how the man is like, 
the girl in this story is like, where is he? Where is he? Mm. And he's like around. He's tending the vineyard or whatever. Yeah. That's like, that's sad. I don't think, I mean, God is always there. Mm-hmm. And his people have the ability to like have God mm-hmm. when we seek him. We're not like, where is he? Where is he? Mm-hmm. And like, not able to find him. And that's not like God not being there. Mm-hmm. If anything else, us not seeking him. Mm. But she's seeking him in this story. Yeah. Anyway, so I just, <laughs> I'm like, I need to go. I feel like I need to go tell those people, that <laughs> those other churches, like, excuse me. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, I, I think it's kind of a cop out a little bit. Mm-hmm. To I think it's an easy way to say, like, oh, well, it's, a, it's about love. So, and God loves his people. So we're just, we're going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to gloss over it and move on. And we're not going to talk about it anymore. because Because yeah. sex makes us uncomfortable. And they say breasts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very blunt yeah. in, in how sexual it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very obviously, like if, if this got published... Uh-huh. Like, this would probably not be allowed in, like, your middle school or high school. Like, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, it's, it's smut, basically. Right. Like, it's, 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 it's not er- modest. Yeah, it's, it's very erotic writing. It and, is. And I think that's the point of, uh-huh. of it. And so let's, let's go through this kind of from a, uh, an eagle eye sort of, okay. uh, high view of everything. And so we have, I think the, the woman and this first male character are these two people who are raised in, in Jerusalem, uh, and they're, uh, maybe not poor, but they're, they're farmers tending to vineyards mm-hmm. and things like that. That could be a metaphor, vineyards for something else. Right. Like, yeah, that but, could be. <laughs> but uh, it, it's also equally as likely, given the time period. Yeah, that agriculture. That, yeah, mm-hmm. that they, they were people who worked in, in fields. Mm-hmm. That was a very common thing for, for the time. And, and it's, uh, the, the woman is, is dark-skinned, yeah. uh, probably from working outdoors and things like that, very yeah. tanned. And so she and this man are falling in love. And we see she brings him home to her family. And we see this repeating line, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. We see that repeated throughout the story. And when you see something repeated, especially uh, in, in, in the Bible in general, but especially in poetry in the Bible, mm. that's what's kind of going to start pointing you to what is the purpose mm. of this writing. Uh, because uh, repetition for uh, for Hebrew poetry is like rhyming in English poetry. Mm. Uh, when when we land a really sick rhyme, mm-hmm. like that's when we're like, oh my gosh, that was so cool. Like <laughs> that was uh, so eloquent. Uh-huh. Like like oh my gosh, that point was really driven yeah. because of the rhyme. Yeah. In Hebrew poetry, it's, it's by repetition. Uh-huh. Uh, and so you, you'll see that in many books of the Bible, because that's kind of just how they spoke mm-hmm. to emphasize themselves, but especially in poetry. So, so this woman is falling in love with the boy next door, let's mm-hmm. say, right? Because that's, that's basically mm-hmm. what they are. They're, they're on the same socioeconomic mm-hmm. level. She is, is having these dreams mm-hmm. uh, about trying to find love and then goes about in the city uh looking for the one that she loves and she can't find him 
And so when she does find him, though, she holds on to him, does not let him go uh, until she had brought him to her mother's house. He's met the family. He's in. They're good. Mm-hmm. Right. They love okay. each other. It's great. Yeah. And then this chapter three, verse six, it kind of shifts. And that's where we see who is this coming up from the wilderness like a column of smoke perfumed with myrrh and incense made from all the spices of the merchant. Look, it's Solomon's carriage. Dun, dun, dun. So this is this is where now Solomon (laughs) comes into play. The the only named character Uh in all of this. Right. Because Solomon is a very prominent figure. He's the king of Israel recently crowned. Mm-hmm. king of israel right and he is making his grand entrance oh he ha- is rolling out the red carpet mm. and he is putting on a show <laughs> and that's where i think then the male perspective shifts potentially uh, to uh. solomon and solomon sees this woman oh and he, uh and says how beautiful you are my darling oh how beautiful Oh. And that's just got to be super crushing for the boy next door. Yeah. Like, you are in love. Everything is going well for you. You just met the parents, right? And then Solomon swoops in. And then the whole narrative begins to change. And he talks for a super long time, (laughs) right? Uh, And and he he says something interesting. You've stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. Mm -hmm. I think... Uh, it, it's kind of weird at first glance. I think maybe this is just a way that they talk about, like, oh, you're one of my kin. We're f- from the same country. Oh, okay. Like, oh. And so they're not literally brother and sister. Yeah. But he's now saying, uh, he's now referring to the woman as my bride. Oh, he's claiming her. Yeah. And oh. so, and that's something that was very common for kings in the ancient world was just mm. like, yes, you <laughs> are now my bride. Like, <laughs> I'm going to marry you. Uh-huh. I am taking you as my wife. And Uh, and it's like, well, he's the king, so (laughs) we can't really do anything about that. Yeah. And Solomon's a guy who was uh, was granted a a great amount of wisdom. Hmm. Uh, God uh, essentially wrote him a blank check and said, I'll give you whatever you want. Uh, (laughs) And King Solomon recently crowned uh, said, I need wisdom to lead Hmm. these people. This is uh, from uh, one of the books of Kings. He says, since you have been wise by asking for more wisdom, then I will also give you riches and jewels and power Mm. and fame. Wow. And those things also end up being Solomon's downfall. There's laws that uh, you should not take brides from other countries and stuff like that. He, He ends up doing that to gain political power. And then they influence him with their religion, draw him away from God, and then everything start spinning oh out of control, gosh. right? Uh, he ends up having uh, hundreds of wives and concubines. I, I think 700 wives and what? 300 concubines, oh I think. Oh, my gosh. Um, which rounds out to 1,000, which I think is a little too perfect of a number. And so <laughs> whenever you see something like that, I feel like it's it's a little hyperbole, like saying, like, mm. okay, just imagine a lot, <laughs> Right? Imagine a big number. Yeah. Way too many. Yeah. Right? Concubines are are essentially a tier below wives. They're Mm. like wives, but you know what? I don't like you as much as as (laughs) a full wife. So, like, you're going to have all the obligation of a wife, 
But oh. I'm just going to keep you around, maybe do a little something, something. Oh, my and, gosh. This uh, is so crazy. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's even mentioned later in the passage, the number that uh, that he has at that point. I I don't know a whole lot about concubines. Oh, well, good. Because <laughs> you're concubine. Uh, that was good. <laughs> but as far as I can tell, it's essentially uh, like a prostitute for a king. Oh, Oh, like like yeah. exclusive, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, I'm gonna keep you around because you're beautiful, but mm. like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> oh, well, that's so messed up. <laughs> At least that's the vibe that I right. get, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. There's probably uh, an ancient people's historian that can correct me on that, <laughs> uh, because even as a pastor and someone who's been through seminary, this isn't talked about. Like, yeah. and and so a lot of the research that I'm doing is just like going in and reading commentaries from other pastors Mm. and like there was nothing Mm. growing up about this and wow and so uh, and even as an adult yeah is not discussed yeah i even brought it up in a in a meeting that this was going to be the the episode topic Uh uh, for february and i've never seen a group of pastors like get really uncomfortable and giggly and blush and stuff like that. But it's like, we're all grown adults here. Like, what what are we doing? Like, this is in the Bible yeah. that we're teaching from. Yeah. And and yet, you're going to get uncomfortable when we say breasts. <laughs> like, like, come on, guys. Like, that's definitely not the worst thing yeah. that's in the Bible, <laughs> to be honest. But anyway, so they end up getting married instead. Oh, the girl and Solomon. The girl and Solomon and get married. He just snatched her. He said, come mm-hmm. here, my bride, you're mine. Mm-hmm. Poor boy next door. Yeah, right? And so uh, then it's at that point that they start talking about the garden. And oh, the garden, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. is the very obvious metaphor yeah. for private parts. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, we're, we're not going to get actually super not safe for work on this podcast, even though this is not safe for Sunday school. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to go into all the juicy details. Right. But she let her beloved come into her garden. And actually she referred to it as his garden. Like I'm giving you the garden. (laughs) And and, and so they got married and they did the deed. They did the thing that people do. Explore each other's gardens. (laughs) Right. After, after the wedding, Mm -hmm. they had sex. That's it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go into this dream sequence mm-hmm. that this woman has. And she is hearing that her true love is knocking at the door. Oh, is that the boy next door? I think so, yeah. <gasps> this is such... This needs to, like, be a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and she she opens the door, and he's not there. He's gone. She wakes up. This is so sad. And she goes out into the city, right? She mm-hmm. did this once before, mm-hmm. right? She went out, she looked for him, she found him. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yes, I found him. I'm never letting him go. I'm never letting him go. <gasps> and she let him go. Right, she let him go. Solomon swooped in. Now, Ugh. this is her second chance, Yeah. right? She's yeah. like, I just had a, a dream about this guy, Yeah. right? He him. wasn't actually here. I'm going to go find him. And that's when she goes out into the streets and the watchmen, they find her, beat her, and take away her cloak. Mm. They they must have thought maybe she was like a woman of the night, like a oh. prostitute or something. Yeah. It, there there's a lot missing yeah. from this that that gives context, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously some some very shady things going on here. Yeah. It'd be like the modern day police force 
doing this to someone. How how terrible because it says the watchmen. Yeah, these are supposed guard to guard the city. Yeah, these are the protectors of Jerusalem, right? Oh my god. Not not even just like some random podunk town, mm-hmm. right? This is the capital city oh. of Israel. <sighs> Poor lady. So she's going out looking for her beloved and then gets uh, beaten mm-hmm. and taken advantage of yeah. from the watchman. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and her her passage ends talking to the daughters of Jerusalem, who she mm-hmm. talked yeah. to before. Yeah. If you find my beloved... Tell him that I am faint with love. Mm. Right? Uh, and then she goes in, into this this whole long spiel about her beloved and everything that is great about him. Mm. And it, it's looking actually at this point that she's actually talking about Solomon. Because there's a lot of, of imagery here of jewels, of oh, yeah. perfume, gold, topaz, myrrh. All the rich Marble, stuff. gold, yeah. All the stuff that Solomon would have. Right, right. And it, it could be, right, and this is just off the cuff, off the top of my head, that she was looking for mm-hmm. her uh, her shepherd boy, right, her, uh, her boy next door. And then being married to Solomon, it's like, oh, well, actually, I need to backtrack. Yeah. Because Solomon's here, and I'm married to him. Oh, yeah. This is like, oh, she's been caught out in the city. Like, oh, I was looking for you, my love. Yeah, and and the, the friends are like, well, you're looking out on the street. Where has your beloved gone? And then she's like, oh, well, actually, he's he's back at the palace. Uh, I'm my beloved. My beloved is mine. Like, I'm, I'm going to remain faithful. And then Solomon chimes in and talks about how he has 60 queens <laughs> at this point, uh, 80 concubines, <laughs> and virgins beyond number. Oh, great guy. <laughs> but my dove, my perfect one, is unique. Now, how <laughs> would you roll. feel <laughs> if someone said that to you? Like, oh, uh, well, yeah, out of uh, my 60 wives and my 80 lesser wives and you know all the virgins that i keep around you're special ew no (laughs) that's not gonna play (laughs) like yeah you have plenty i know yeah yeah solomon's kind of a womanizer at this point yeah that's disgusting i don't think any woman these days would be like oh well thanks (laughs) right right i mean maybe if they're like really I guess, infatuated with the riches and mm-hmm. everything. But it's kind of manipulative. And yeah. To womanizer. Mm-hmm. You know, red flags all the way around. Avoid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She has a dream. She goes out into the street. She gets beaten. Yeah. Right? She comes back. She's still with Solomon. Still married to Solomon. Mm. Uh, even though that she's potentially in love with this other guy. Mm-hmm. Right? But now she's in love with Solomon. Mm-hmm. right and not even able to find this other guy yeah right and so that guy at this point is pretty much out of the picture yeah and we are left with this relationship where now she's with solomon even though he has all of these other people uh-huh. that are doting on him yeah. and married to him etc yeah right? the friends and the man both refer to her as the shulamite and so if, if you look up Song of Solomon, you'll see her referred to as the Shulamite woman. Hmm. Uh, it, it could just be that that means the wife of Solomon. Hmm. It could also just mean that she is someone from Jerusalem. 
And so uh, it's kind of just a, a title. Yeah. And so, again, not a name. No yeah. names, which yeah. is, is frustrating. Eventually, she says, let's go to the countryside, spend a night in the villages. This is chapter seven. Now moving into chapter eight. This is where I think the boy next door doesn't come back onto the scene so hmm. much, but I think comes back into her mind. Oh. Right? And she says, if only you were to me like a brother, right? Who is, oh. uh, because... If I found you outside, I would kiss you and no one would despise me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in love with you, mm-hmm. but I can't do anything about it because I agreed to marry Solomon. Mm-hmm. Right? I wish you were my brother because then at least it would be normal for me to, to acknowledge you, go up and kiss you. Yeah. No one would bat an eye. Oh. But I can't because yeah. people would look at me and see, oh, she's mm-hmm. cheating on Solomon. Yeah. Part of me is, like, seeing this as a movie, right? And I'm thinking, maybe she sees him out in the city and is like, I wish I could go up and talk to you. I mm-hmm. wish I could acknowledge you and go over and be around you. Mm-hmm. And, like, but I just, I can't even go up and kiss you on the cheek. Like, I just have to mm-hmm. let you pass by. And I'm just like, oh, she totally still loves this guy. Yeah. and And s- seeing him... She then addresses the daughters of Jerusalem, the woman of Jerusalem again, mm-hmm. right? The woman younger than her. Yeah. And she says again, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Hmm. Uh, and then there's a an interesting discourse with the friends where they talk about their little sister, who I think is just a fictitious way of saying like the young girls. If we have a, a little sister, what should we do when she's ready to to get married mm-hmm. if men are wanting to sleep with her well you know what if she's a wall then let's build towers if she's a door then let's put panels over the door well protect this girl at all costs yeah 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 then the woman is saying oh well i'm a wall and i have towers and my own vineyard is mine to give she gave away yeah. her vineyard quote yeah. unquote to solomon to solomon and so she she was a virgin mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. when she was uh, married she yeah. married to solomon that's what she is recommending mm. right is essentially don't have sex before marriage mm-hmm. right protect this this the the young mm. woman so that when they go and get married mm-hmm. then they are saved for their for husband mm-hmm. however even though she did that correctly right in mm. her eyes even though she was like yes i was a virgin when i married solomon However, I rushed love. Yeah. And I think that's where that repeating phrase comes in. Don't arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Don't rush into love. Mm -hmm. Don't force love. Mm -hmm. And I I think what the woman is saying here, and I'd I'd love to hear what you think, uh, is I saved myself for my husband, Mm -hmm. but I ultimately married the wrong person. I give mm-hmm. that away to the wrong person. Yeah. And I'm now stuck in this relationship with someone yeah. who has tons of other people. Mm. I saw the glitz and the glam and the carriages and mm-hmm. all of the soldiers with the shields. Yeah. And I saw this handsome king. He was freshly crowned. He sweet talked her. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, I want him. <laughs> 
right? I'm in love with him. Yeah. I will marry him because he wants me. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, here's the humble mm-hmm. boy next door who misses his chance. This is a love story. Yeah. I think we should be talking about this. Mm-hmm. I see totally what you're saying, and I 100% agree. She's saying, yeah, I I was in love. She was. She saw the boy next door. She, the, he met the parents. Things were, they were going so good. And then in rides in, like, this person who has wealth. And she's probably seeing also, like, socio-economically, mm-hmm. I'm going to live so much better. Yeah. I've been out in the vineyard working hard. My mm-hmm. back hurts and my skin is burned. Mm. And I'm going to have a whole different life now. And mm. probably she would have had the same life with the boy next door because he also worked in the vineyard. Yeah. I think it said something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they were on kind of the same status yeah same status yeah and so it's like okay well we go from one vineyard to to two (laughs) and and even uh she talks about how many vineyards solomon has like oh he has so many vineyards like Mm. you know what i wish that he should have just kept his vineyards Mm. and i had my one vineyard to give and i should have just kept it yeah for for me and the boy next door and we could have our two vineyards Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right (laughs) yeah Yeah. and she just went along with it she allowed herself to get swept up in in the glitz the glam the lifestyle Mm -hmm. his appearance yeah and this is very worldly like because as humans like we're gonna be drawn to stuff that's appealing and Mm -hmm. like maybe someone being attractive Mm -hmm. and then applying it to today like maybe you i don't know you're dating someone who's richer than you or Mm -hmm. you're dating someone that you think is more attractive than you Mm -hmm. and i think it can get so people can get really wrapped up in that Mm -hmm. and they lose focus on like the heart like look for the best friend the connection that's beyond mm. things that are things like yeah. <laughs> yeah i feel so bad for the boy next door in this yeah. story and then also her because she's having dreams about him she wishes to see him maybe she does and she's just like i could have had my life with him mm-hmm. Um, and she probably doesn't even get to see Solomon very often. Yeah. Like, probably not. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of time to be go seeing all of his 1,000 women. So that's very lonely. Like, it's it's all, uh, like you are saying, surface level. Mm-hmm. It's all very shallow things. and But it worked. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. was blinded by that. Mm-hmm. And not to say that Solomon was right. He was very wrong, I mm-hmm. think, for doing this. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was successful in bringing this beautiful woman Mm -hmm. to then become his wife and then they had sex and they're in a committed Mm -hmm. or at least she's in a committed relationship yeah right he's in a polygamous relationship yeah and uh doing all sorts of bad things Mm -hmm. but then she reflects back and she's like you said having dreams about this guy potentially Mm -hmm. sees him and reflects on what her life could have been Mm -hmm. and i think that's where that piece of advice Mm -hmm. is so outstanding that's repeated yeah yeah and i think that's maybe the major point i think so too of what song of solomon is saying 
because sex and love and marriage mm-hmm. are things that are created by God to be good, mm-hmm. we have to be careful not to rush them or abuse them. Mm. Rather than being a book of the Bible that is like, ooh, it's sex. Like, let's not talk about it because that's uncomfy, <laughs> right? Like, it's actually, I think, very empowering mm. for women, potentially. Mm-hmm. And I would love you to weigh in on this as a woman <laughs> yeah. because that's just my opinion uh-huh. and I could be totally off. I think it's great advice coming from an older woman to a younger woman. Mm-hmm. Right, the daughters of Jerusalem, a, a, yeah. a way of saying just younger woman. Yeah, like don't rush into love. Mm-hmm. Right, like yeah, save yourself for marriage. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's good. However, don't rush to get married mm-hmm. just so that you can have sex, or just yeah. because he is promising all of these things, this yeah. this fame, this lifestyle, these riches, just because he's smooth talking you. Don't fall for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't rush love because if you rush love, you're going to find it. Right. She found it. Oh. Right? Yeah. But then looking back, she's like, oh, I wasted what was probably the love that was actually still budding and growing Mm -hmm. that would have been much more uh, fulfilling Mm -hmm. in my life. You, I I think you totally got it here. And I do feel like it's so empowering for a woman. As a woman, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think it's empowering because it's, it's not a man. It's in the Bible so that a woman can be telling other women, like, value your virginity because it has such an impact on you. Like, having sex with someone is so intimate and it's a beautiful vineyard it shouldn't be given away because they're in the moment mm-hmm. and and it feels so right and she shows how it feels so right mm-hmm. and it it's so overwhelming and it's beautiful and the beautiful words when she's with solomon right and mm-hmm. it feels so captivating mm-hmm. and it feels right and she's probably thinking oh my gosh i'm gonna have a great life and he chose me oh yeah like this this is so right i'm gonna spend my life with this person but it's so rushed and she's saying don't <laughs> don't rush it girl mm. slow down <laughs> like, <laughs> like erase all like just take a minute pause let the relationship develop and when you take away all the perfume, riches, and nights and everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, see the person mm-hmm. and let the love bud with mm-hmm. the person. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, in a male kind of weird perspective. This is in a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. I feel like this story is a girl giving other women mm-hmm. advice. Like, talk is cheap. Your actions will show me. Mm-hmm. This is such a beautiful way of the Bible sharing a story, sharing a love story between this woman and the man that she was and still is in love with, but she got captivated and led astray. And she made all the decisions, mm-hmm. but she was so manipulated. And that mm-hmm. happens. That happens every day. This is advice from a woman telling the other younger women value yourself empowering women not just we'll wait until marriage until any marriage wait until the right one Mm -hmm. like she quote-unquote like follows all the rules yeah right she waits until marriage Mm -hmm. she stays loyal to to her husband yeah 
But I think the point of what she's saying here is I followed all of the rules, but something still went wrong. Mm, And it started at the beginning, far before we got to marriage even. Yeah. It was the fact that she was so eager to fall in love. Yeah. That she followed all the rules, but she did it with the first person that Mm -hmm. was willing to do it with her. Yeah. And looking back, I think she is wishing that she had valued herself more Mm -hmm. to say, like, I have my one vineyard. Mm -hmm. I should have given it to who I wanted, not Mm -hmm. just the first person who wanted me. Yeah. This perspective can be shared among so many women because we want to be seen. Women want to be loved and cherished and we want love i mean we see it everywhere we see it in disney movies we see it in in the movies our parents watch as we're growing up and it's an instagram now all these like perfect couple relationship Mm. goals Mm -hmm. and we want love we want to be loved and so i think a lot of women and myself included grow up like looking for it like looking for love where is my where is he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she's going in the streets. Where is he? Where is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, my female friends have told me, like, where is my guy, Sandy? Like, mm-hmm. I'm single. Where is he? He needs to hurry up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is such a common <laughs> common thing for women. I think we can rush love because we're looking for it so hard. Mm-hmm. She's saying, don't rush it. I guess let it come to you is yeah let it happen naturally let it happen naturally i'm i'm really happy that we got to to sit down and talk about this i think takeaways from song of solomon marriage is great yeah right sex is great great (laughs) yeah love also great also great but don't rush it because even though you are doing things in the right order Mm -hmm. checking all the boxes in the right order it could be with someone that that is is ultimately not going to to lead to a fulfilling life at this point right now with what i know the the shulamite woman i think was maybe the author of this this poetry i think so too because she's she's passing down this advice Mm -hmm. she has i think the most speaking lines this sounds like very personal too like a diary like who else would know this who else would know that she had a dream yeah and the details of that dream and Mm -hmm. that she was assaulted Mm -hmm. by the watchman of the city this seems very very likely that she was the author Mm -hmm. that's what i would say but (laughs) (laughs) yeah well thank you for sharing your perspective and sitting down and talking about this and now there's no one else that i would want to talk about this with i love you so much and happy valentine's day Babe, I'm going to start crying. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much, too. And happy Valentine's Day. 